This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with her good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way you get to dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with Stevie Ryan. Hello. Hi. So I know you, or I've known of you for a long time because I knew of Stevie TV and sort of followed all the things you've done. But then recently I ran into you when I did Brody Jenner's podcast. Yes. And then I said, hey, come on my podcast. Yeah, and I was like, hell yeah, ding, ding, ding. So that, So all sorts of things to talk about. But I was looking at your Instagram account, so I think we should start here. Are you naturally blonde? Oh, yes. I was just talking about this, actually. I am, unfortunately, naturally blonde, and it sucks. For the listeners who don't know what you look like, although presumably they've seen a photo, you have dark hair and you're fair. We kind of have similar coloring, actually. Yes. Uh, But my eyebrows are darker. Like, my eyebrows are not blonde, and everything else is dark. Um, My eyelashes are blonde, but... I have blonde roots, and it sucks because then you look like you're going bald. It's the opposite of when you're blonde and you have dark hair. Right. Okay, so this is so fascinating to me, though, that you're naturally blonde, but that you want to have darker hair because I'm I'm naturally dark-haired. And just today I was like, maybe I should color my hair. Well, actually, when I was younger, I colored my hair. But I was like, am I going to live the rest of my life always having one color hair? But I want I would want to know what would possess someone to not want to want to have dark hair if you're actually a blonde. Because I saw photos of you from high school where you were blonde. Yes, I was just going to say I was blonde most of my life until I was probably 20 years old. And someone told me, hey, if you want more jobs in, you know, in this business, you should probably think about dyeing your hair. Otherwise, you're constantly going to be typecast as a dumb blonde or as a sexy girl, you don't have as many options. That's interesting. And I have to say, when I went dark, uh, I didn't work commercially as much. When I was blonde, I would book book commercials left and right. And once I went dark, it was a little harder. But uh, I felt very incognito with dark hair. Like, I feel... Like, no one can see me with dark hair. When you have blonde hair... Yes, we are invisible, sisters. no one cares about us. (laughs) But when you're blonde, everybody wants to stop you and harass you and get up on you and try to make out with you. It's totally weird. So you prefer the dark hair? Absolutely. Because of the incognito factor? Well, because of the incognito factor and... Or do you feel like you get taken more seriously? I just... I feel like a brunette. Like, I don't feel like a blonde. Like, people that are blonde are very proud to be blonde. And they're like, hell yeah, I'm blonde, whether it's fake or real. And uh-huh. I don't, I just don't feel like that. I feel like a ninja. Was there pressure to be bubbly when I was blonde? Yes. I don't know. Because, you know, what? I'm so airheady as it is. Like, I am an airhead oh, okay. that it just, maybe it just worked. <laughs> but I never felt the pressure to be bubbly. And did, so you mentioned that it actually hindered your career a little bit when you first went to dark hair, but then did you find all the, like, benefits? Were there benefits career-wise? I felt like 
I don't know. I'm trying to think back to that time. Let me think. Yes, there were benefits because I could play more characters as far as even different ethnicities. When you're blonde, you're white. Mm -hmm. Or you could be like Italian or Spanish or these other things. But uh, with dark hair, I could pull off way more characters. I mean, there's wigs, obviously, but... They're a pain in the ass. So if you can use your real hair, it's always right. better. And so are you still doing Brody Jenner's podcast? I'm not doing – well, I did Brody's podcast uh, for a little while because we shot a pilot. And so it was – I was on the podcast for a few episodes just to get in the flow of things. With, right. So the, the way guys. you do the pilot. Right. And, and right now Brody's in Australia. So I don't think they're doing the podcast for a little while. Uh, I don't know if I'll be back on it, um, and I don't know what's going on with the the pilot. But how did how did the pilot? I talked about it a very little bit on this show. Just I explained that it was I was on a podcast, but they're like getting ready to shoot a pilot from the podcast, and I'm always sort of fascinated by that podcast to TV thing because, of course. I have the kind of ego where I'm like, this should be a TV show. I Why are people should. not here all the time? Dude, I really <laughs> feel that way about your show because it's so good and you are so good. And well, I don't I'm loving see, this. Well, <laughs> I know. I'm like blowing so much smoke up your ass, but I'm just going to keep doing it because I don't okay, care. Great. But wonderful. Not only do you have a good voice, so it sounds good, but you are a very attractive woman. Well, Why thank you. not be on television? And I feel like there are so many podcasts out there, but yours is so good and you are so good at what you do. Why wouldn't you be on TV? I don't know why you're not out pitching this. Do I have to do it? Should I go and pitch your show? Are you offering yourself to do it? Because Fuck yes. yes. I'm not even kidding. I've never specific. Well, this has taken a delightful turn for me, hasn't it? <laughs> We'll get back to interviewing you in a second. I've never specifically pitched this podcast as a show. I've actually never really specifically pitched anything, really. But I feel like I'm, I am have a toe in the water. No, I, you, know, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like if you want to make something happen, you have to make it happen. And I've recently been thinking I've been trying to make it happen, but I think not – I think you're not more than explicitly a enough. I think yeah, you have no, like I mean, a leg right. in the water, and I love to pitch. I'm really into pitching. Oh my god, shows. we must talk. And so I think you should really consider this. I really, really. Think we should totally talk no, about that. I'm t- I would, I'm totally I would down. love. I mean, I would love to do that. Especially, I used to do. I mean, TV is what I used to do, and I still love doing it. And I love doing the podcast. I'm like, let's combine them. Hey, let's TV's make this good a show. Money, yeah. It's great money, so why not? Right. Um, Yeah, you should just think about a format or, like, what your format would be if you saw this as a TV show. And I will write it up with you, and we should totally go out and pitch it. I just want to be a producer on it. Yes. Like, that would be awesome. Okay, perfect. Especially with female comedians being so hot right now and just females in comedy in general. Mm -hmm. I just feel like now is the time to do it. Okay. Don't you think so? I do. Yes, I do. And Although, yeah, I do. I, I don't know. I get the whole, the whole Hollywood game frustrates me and confuses me and perplexes me. It's very frustrating. It's very dumb. It makes me cry a few times a week, <laughs> um, and I hate it. But at the same time, I don't know what else to do with my life, and I don't want to do anything else. But I think, uh, yeah, you know what you're doing. It's not like you don't know what you're doing. Why right. wouldn't this? Right. So that's that's so I had the sort of realization that I should be out there specifically talking to the people who can help me do what I want to do and make and letting them know what I want to do, as opposed to like these sort of really kind of like circuitous things I do, I guess, where it's like I'll have a meeting. I'm like, I'm hoping 
It's like I'm putting it out there kind of and just hoping someone else will be like, oh, we should do this. When in fact, I should be like, here's exactly how we could do it. Let's do it. Or even doing it on my own. Well, it's hard because you're kind (laughs) of always waiting for that magic phone call. Yes. You're like, is this the magic email? Is this the magic phone call? Like, I'm always waiting for that as well. I don't know what the fuck it is that I'm waiting for, but I feel like I'm waiting for that magic call or email. you're like, oh, it's it's happening. Yeah, where I'm like, life is set and ready to go. Like, it's done. But you can wait for that, and it probably will eventually come. But I think if you go out there and do it yourself, don't wait for anybody. I think... As women, we've for some reason learned to wait for people for to help us or to give us certain right. things. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's just go out there and do it ourselves. Well, so I was a journalist for years. And when I wanted to write for Rolling Stone and people, I just sent my clips. Even and then what they you called did for me. Adam Carolla show. Yeah, I did pursue it. You're right. So, yeah. okay. Okay, well, we'll talk about how to make this happen afterwards. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, well, Let's so you, you had a show, though, on VH1. I did. Two seasons, a sketch show. Yes. You played a whole bunch of different characters. When that happened, were you like, ooh, it's happening? Um, I don't know. It... <sighs> It was very weird. It still is weird to me because it didn't feel like it. Like there's so much work and stress that goes into it that you're not really enjoying that moment. Mm -hmm. Like you can't sit back and be like, it's all happening because you're (laughs) like, it's all happening, but I'm losing my fucking mind right now. And I'm totally freaked out. And I have to be up at four in the morning. And I went to bed at three in the morning. And it's all very uh, intense and chaotic. Yes. And I feel like with a network like VH1 that's a little on the smaller side, you're not like, I made it. You're (laughs) just kind of like, oh, this is awesome and it's going to look really good on my resume. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, what was your experience? What what was the experience of doing that show like? You know what? It was awesome. It was a dream come true. It was based on your on YouTube videos, right? Right. The way that it happened... uh, I'll try to give you the short version was. That's okay. I have nowhere to go. I And I have nowhere to go but here. Um, I was on YouTube in the early days. This is when YouTube was this big. For those of you that are just listening, I'm holding up a circle with like one a hand. a quarter size. Like a quarter. YouTube was a quarter size. It was a quarter <laughs> size. It was before Google bought it out. So it was a very small community. And we were going back and forth. And I was just doing characters on there. I didn't have any uh, intention for it to be what it turned into. And slowly but surely, it became very popular, one of my characters. And then Google bought it out. And I could just make videos and make money off of them advertising on my videos. So I quit my job at the Levi's store at the time and just started making videos and really geeked out on editing and lighting and the whole shebang. Were you doing it yourself or were you working with people? Uh, I was doing it myself for a while. And then I had a boyfriend that was fresh out of film school. And we started doing a ton of stuff together. And I learned a lot from him, which was really cool. And then I made fun of or I made a parody of a show called Pretty Wild. Do you know Pretty Wild? I don't think I do. Remind me what what it was like. It was the girls that did the bling ring robbery. Oh, I I know about that. Yeah, they went and like stole from Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. But it was three sisters and they ended up with the reality show on E! And it was basically all about them just like being hoes around Hollywood. And their (laughs) mom would feed them Adderall every morning. It was really really good how do you how did i miss this it was i'm telling you it was amazing it, it was, was such, the best see you it know really it really was yeah and the sisters would make out with each other and like 
why do you think I was watching? <laughs> exactly. And their mom would was trying to get them in Playboy, so she would like make them pose naked in the shower, and like it was just. And these were the girls who had done the bling ring. Yeah. Like so, these are felons. Well, at the time when they got the show, they didn't know that they got oh. busted on the show. And actually, when they got wow. busted. Chelsea Handler was a producer on that, and she pulled out, and a bunch of people pulled out, and no one wanted any, anything to do with them, but they just played out the rest of the episodes, and it was a great show, and I was super addicted to it, and I did a parody of The Three Sisters, and the production company that made the show contacted me and was like, hey, we liked that parody, come in and meet with us, and so I met with a few of the producers, and they were like, let's go out and pitch a female-driven comedy show. So we took some of my clips from YouTube and we just made a sizzle reel and pitched it. And we decided we had a little bidding war and we decided to go with VH1. That I mean, that sounds super exciting. It was very, very exciting. It was a uh, dream come true, like I right. said. But now I don't know what dream to have. Now that like my main dream came true, I need to come up with a new dream. Yes. <laughs> and that's what's fucking me up in life. Like, I don't know what to dream of now. Well, so what what did you dream of when you were young? Take us through the young days. I know you grew up in Victorville, right? Ugh. <laughs> yes. It I sounds mean, like you have a fondness for it. Uh, no, I love it. I'll always love it. It's home. But it's just one of those places where, like, you go to and you're like, ugh, I want to go home. Well, it's, to me, Victorville, but granted, I've spent probably less than a day there, if you add up all the times, was this a place we stopped on the way to somewhere else? On the way to Vegas. Yes. Yes. It's where you get gas and you pull over and you're like, who the fuck lives here? This place sucks. And someone asks you if you want to buy meth. (laughs) That's Victorville. Which it's home. But like I said, when I go there, it's very uh, different. It's very slow compared to Los Angeles. But um, being young there was... Boring? I don't know. I don't even know what I wanted when I was young, to be honest. I w- Victorville is very much a place where when you are in school, they're not pushing you to go to college. They're not pushing you to do anything except graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never realized that until I came out here and people were like, yeah, I went to college and I'm from an Ivy League school. And I'm like, wait, really? What? I didn't even know that that was an option in life. Like, I didn't ever... No, right. That. So, really, like modest dreams, not a lot of ambition. Not a lot of ambition. Uh, my main focus was to graduate high school and not get pregnant like all of my friends. It's very much one of those places where it's everybody is pregnant at 16. Right. And what was your family like? My family, uh, they're cool. They're the same. I don't know. I grew up with three brothers. Older, younger? Uh, two older, one younger. So, I was a middle child. So, I was just kind of ignored and, um, <laughs> got beat up all the time by your brothers yes specifically my older brother eric but um yeah i don't know there wasn't much going on it was a big family though it was a big family it was cool we were pretty normal like nothing crazy ever happened my parents are still married mine are still married oh awesome because that's very rare it is rare except they fight all the time. Well, actually, now they're old and, and they've mellowed out. But growing up, they fought yes. all the time. Like, all the time. That to the point was... where people yelling around me makes me kind of cower. Yeah. That was very similar to my situation. I mean, my parents fought. It wasn't anything abusive or scary in that sense. It's mm-hmm. scary to hear yelling when you're little. Yeah. That's between your parents. But, uh, yeah, my parents fought a lot growing up. But now they're really cool with each other. And it's just like they're enjoying life and 
I don't know. And are they all still in Victorville? They are. Is everyone but you still in Victorville? Pretty much, yeah. Everybody but me. My parents still live in the same house. That's cute. Like, they're just remodeling the house now and Mm -hmm. being happy and old together. And uh, that's really it. And what did your parents do when you were growing up? My dad still does this. He owns a scale business, which everyone's like, what do you mean a scale business? So he calibrates scales, but he calibrates truck scales as well. So it's that's pretty fancy and cool. <laughs> it's very different. And uh, my mom's father did it and then taught it to my dad. And my dad started his own business. And um, so, yeah, so he calibrated all the scales around Victorville. I think that's really cool. Like in all the doctor's offices and stuff. And uh, the big giant truck scales that they weigh the trucks on, he mm-hmm. would go – he goes underground and calibrates those. And my older brother and my little brother work with him. So one of my older brothers does not, but uh, the other one does, and so does my little brother. So it's like a family-run business. And my mom does all the bookkeeping and and all of the paperwork and stuff. So that's just what they do, and they've been doing for a very long time. So if you step on a scale, are you able to be like, I don't think this is properly calibrated? Do you have a sense of calibration? I don't. I can calibrate like a a regular (laughs) scale that probably anyone can calibrate. But I do have some cool old scales. Like my dad got me one recently that's uh, a 1930s scale that's very Art Deco-y and it's gold and just big and awesome. And yeah, that's pretty cool. It does work. Well, I moved recently, so it's it needs to be calibrated. <laughs> but my dad will be there on Thanksgiving to calibrate that scale. So we're nice. in business. Perfect. Yeah. So you're having Thanksgiving at your new place? I am. I'm hosting my first Thanksgiving this year. I'm not cooking the turkey. I'm going to get that from Whole Foods. But because um, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't even know how the fuck to cook meat. Mm-hmm. Literally, I, I just don't know how to do it. So uh, it will be exciting, but very stressful. So growing up... A lot of talk of calibration and yes. brothers. And where did your interest in comedy come from? Uh, I didn't even know about comedy or that I would end up in it, to be honest, until YouTube. Like I had no – I was never like, I'm going to go and be a comedian or I'm going to go and, and be in comedy. I didn't know. Were that. you extroverted? Or, or do you, are you extroverted? I was like in high school. When I lived in Victorville, I was. But now I am very much an introvert, and I really like to be alone. Like, I have bad social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, People freak me out in the regular world. When it comes to work, for some reason, I'm comfortable with it. But just life in general, like going to a party or something, even the grocery store freaks me the fuck out. That's okay. I'm relating to this so much. What do you make of the fact that you weren't that way in high school, though? To be honest with you, I think it's just it really comes down to responsibility and realizing how shitty life can get (laughs) and how hard it really is. Because in high school, I had no sense of that. I didn't know, you know, especially being in Victorville. uh, There isn't this thing of like you drive a Mercedes or money doesn't exist up there. And so people aren't flashy. Maybe they are now, actually. I don't know. But uh, when I was growing up there, there wasn't this sense of uh, just money. Mm -hmm. And coming here, that changed for me. It was like, oh, people have nice cars. And like your car tells people whether you're rich or not. And if you have a fancy purse and all of these things all of a sudden. And did you suddenly feel like you didn't measure up? I did. I did. I felt like, whoa, I come from 
My family is not poor, poor, but we could only afford to live in Victorville. You know, uh, we could never afford to live in Los Angeles. It's just way too expensive. So growing up, uh, my family was, you know, middle class and very humble. And then coming here, it was very confusing for me because I was like, wait, I don't. I don't understand all of this. That that was a real battle for me. And I started realizing like, oh, I'm going to auditions and these girls have beamers and they have fucking red bottoms and they have all of these things. And this is my competition. And although it doesn't matter in that room when you're auditioning, it's still what you're feeling outside of that room. And we all look the same, too. Mm -hmm. But like everything you have is way better and more expensive. And I want that, too. So it was a weird adjustment for me. And do you still have those feelings? No. Now I could give a flying fuck. Now I have fancy purses and shoes and all these things that I've worked for. But it didn't it didn't help my anxiety at all. Mm-hmm. Like it did not make a difference. You know, I thought it would, but those things don't fill that void. I think that that is just something. I don't know if I have to learn to live with it or that I can just continue to work on for the rest of my life. Cause I feel like at this point it's not going anywhere. The, ang- what's the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is just being an adult, but you didn't have it in high school. I did saying. not see for me. I think Because I've become much more introverted as I've gotten older. But I think that maybe I was fighting my true nature when I was younger. I think I was trying so hard to be social and to be extroverted and to constantly win people over. And I mean, now I think I imagine same with you, like in work, if you go into a meeting, of course, you're going to be on. But it's like I it feels like work. Right. Exactly. And like you said, you fought it. What makes you feel like you fought it? Like what? feelings were you having then that makes you realize now that you were fighting that anxiety? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I think I wouldn't have allowed myself to just stay home on a Friday night. Yes. Well, not like I always had things to I wasn't I wasn't super popular in high school or anything. So it's not like I always had plans, but to me, if I didn't have plans on the weekend, I felt it felt like defeat or I felt like a loser. Whereas now I'm fine with not having plans. Yes. Um, in fact, I think I indulge. I think I indulge that too much. Like for me, just this past weekend, I went out on Friday night and then I went out on Saturday night too, which is it's been so long since I've done that. And I felt better going into this week, I think because I was social and I saw friends. And it was this big reminder that like I should really try to push myself to do that more because especially being married now, it's so for me, it's so easy to just settle into staying home every night. And I feel like, well, I bet I see people at work and I'm constantly meeting new people and I go do shows. So it's not like I'm a total shut in or anything, but it's easy for me not to push myself to be social anymore. Um, but I really think I, sh- I should find that balance. Yeah. But in terms of what makes me feel like I've always been this way, um, I don't know exactly. Just, just that it always I always felt like I had to push myself to be that way. Like it's it never I was never the person that could walk into a party and talk to a thousand different people and that makes me made me feel good. Right. But I always felt like I needed to do it. Whereas yes. now I just don't feel like I need to anymore. No, I completely get that. That's exactly how I was in high school and just growing up. I was 
an extrovert, but because I felt like if I wasn't, yes, then I sucked. Yeah, totally. And like you said, I couldn't walk into a party and be like, hey, I'm here. What's up, everybody? It was like, oh, shit, I'm going to this party. I'm really nervous. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody beats me up. I hope it's all good. <laughs> okay, here we go. And yeah. then I would go and, like, stick with my friends and, like, try to play that cool card. But it was always something that I talked myself into. Yes. Right. As a po- Right. Whereas my sister um, – well, so I've heard that the definition of – or one of the definitions of introvert versus extrovert is, like, where you get your energy from. So introvert – true intro- – I don't know if this is true. This is what I've – Interesting. One of the definitions. Of. So, like, true introverts could actually be social and stuff. However – to sort of recharge, they need to pull back and have some alone time. Whereas extroverts feel recharged from talking to people and from being right. around other people. And actually, like I'm saying, I actually felt recharged from being social this weekend. So I don't know what to make of that. But I know that my sister, she can't, let's say she has some days off or something. She will begin to feel like she's going nuts if she just stays in her apartment. Like she has to go out and she has to see people. Whereas well, I could go a week without oh, seeing anyone, especially with the internet now. Oh, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I have done that. Especially when I was single. It was like, good luck. Good luck on getting me out of the apartment if I if it wasn't for work. There right. would be no reason to, especially with yummy.com, like delivering your groceries to your house. I Wait, would, I've never done that. Oh, they well, it depends what area you live in. But um, you can have groceries straight up delivered to your house in 30 minutes or less. I need to look into that. Because in New bomb. York, I used to do fresh. I think it was called fresh delivery. And I think they have that out here, too. But they didn't always have everything I wanted. Yeah, so. yummy.com is awesome. Shout out to Yummy. They're not paying me, by the way. But <laughs> do you have that thing that I have, which is anytime you mention a product, someone assumes you're getting money? Oh, constantly. Anything you mention or talk about, everybody's like, they're paying you or they're sending you free shit. And it's like, no, I'm just a human being that yeah. likes certain things and talks about it. Yeah. Okay. So you're in a relationship. I am. And did you just move in together or you just moved into a new place together? No, we just moved in together. Congratulations. Thank you. How's it's, it going? Um, it's go- Well, it's going very good. It's a big adjustment for me because I've lived alone for years and years and years. Like five or six years now I've been living by myself. And I'm very much my own woman. And so, but you know, my boyfriend and I were together for a year and a half before we decided to move in mm-hmm. together. And so we are definitely ready for it. But I didn't realize the adjustment that actually happens. Like, I did not know that there is this adjustment period. I did not realize that. And yes. I've lived with boyfriends in the past. But again, being alone for so long, like I'm talking no roommates, just me and, and my dogs. And uh, yeah, I'm learning a lot. What kind of... You saying that is reminding me that I know that when I moved in with Daniel, who's now my husband, then my boyfriend, for me there was a big adjustment too, although I'm forgetting specifically what it was. What are you what are the things that you're finding? How long have you guys been together for uh since you've moved in together? Like how long ago did you move in together? We moved in together in October of let's see. Okay. I can do this math here. I moved back to California. Sorry, I'm going to have to go a long way. I moved back to California October 2010, moved into the Hollywood apartment September of 2011, moved in with Daniel October of 2012. So we've been living together since October of 2012. Okay. So it's been two years now, two years of living together. Okay. 
so it's been a while. Like you right. forgot, like you said. Well, the main adjust here's the one thing I have to say is we have a three bedroom place. So we have our room together and then we each have our own little rooms, which is very nice. So it's not like we're stuck in a one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. on top of each other. Um so that's very nice. We have lots of space. But is it like you guys each have your office or what have you? Because yeah. we have a three bedroom as well, but we have our bedroom and then we have the office where we both have our desks. And then we have the guest room, which is where we just throw a bunch of crap. Well, we have our bedroom and then we have like the guest room slash office, which is his man okay. cave. Gotcha. Like he likes it's his bed from his apartment. And so it's like his little man cave area. And it's very big. So he has room. And then the smaller room is actually my like dressing room slash office. So I have a desk in there. But then I have like my shoe rack Mm -hmm. and clothes rack. And I have a lot of shit from doing CVTV. So um, it's just full of my crap. But that's good. And we have two bathrooms, um, which is nice. But um you know, the main adjustment for me is just realizing what a fucking head case control freak I am. And I didn't ever know that about myself. Like, I didn't know. I never considered myself a clean freak. Like, I was like, I'm disorganized. And, like, I'm just, it doesn't matter to me. No, I am fucking psycho when it comes to dishes being washed and I have to have my sink cleared out like clean bathroom don't like a dirty shower just all of these very specific stupid little things uh that I need perfect and but when you lived alone did you have them that way oh yes but I didn't realize that exactly like I thought like no I'm a slob and (laughs) And, like, I'm so messy and crazy and, like, oh, I'm just a crazy bachelorette. <laughs> no, I'm a fucking freak. Like I, like I said, I am crazy about my kitchen and bathroom and constantly doing laundry. Oh, I have a washer and dryer now? It's great, right? Oh, my gosh. It's life-changing. Did like, you have one in your building before or did you have to go I to had one in my building before and it was right by me, but it was still that like you go to put stuff in and someone else is using it and it's just you can't like run out in your bathrobe. And That's the best part. Today yeah. I went to the dryer naked. Thank you. To get my underwear. Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> it really is. Because like I said, you remember, oh, should I have those clothes in the dryer and you can't run out in your robe, but you can when you, it's in your house. So right. That's very nice. But um. You know, there's just weird adjustment things, like I said, just as far as tidiness goes, or I didn't realize this was going to be an issue, but moving our stuff in and figuring out where to put it and whose couch you keep and whose table you keep. Whose forks you use. Yes. And whose bowls you keep. Right. Because when you're, I was going to say when you're our ages, I'm older than you though, but actually maybe this happens to couples anytime you've been, you, you, you have doubles of things. So much crap. Yeah. Like double every single thing you could ever imagine, especially when, like I said, you've been living alone for so long. Right. You have everything. Yeah. Yeah. And he had been living alone for so long as well. So you have everything you need to survive in the world. And then all of a sudden you have double it and it gets a little... Like, we had a little, a few disagreements about, like, what rug to put in the living room. And then he's like, he wants his rug, but I want my rug. And I think my rug is way cuter. <laughs> and, like, his rug is masculine. And then it's a whole stupid... But you got your bed, I'm I'm hearing. We got my bed and all my bedroom furniture. 
But that I, I made a huge deal over. I was like, this shit is way too expensive. I'm not getting rid of it, and I'm not putting it in the guest room. Like, And was he okay with that? He was okay with it. He's he's pretty uh, cool. Good. To date me, you have to be, because <laughs> I'm difficult. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but he's been really cool and okay with everything. But again, he has certain things where he's like, why not my rug? Like, it's nice. Why not use it? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's ugly. I'm just going to be honest about it. Uh, so that sucks. But it's been cool in the sense of leaving my dogs if I have to leave for a few hours. And I know I'm not going to be home. I feel so much better knowing he's going to eventually be home and he'll mm-hmm. take them out. And they'll be fed and they'll have attention. And I get very worried about them. And right. so it's nice to have a helping hand. What I'm remembering is there were all sorts of debates over, like, how do we set up the kitchen? Because I remember I remember this, like, oh, you're just going to set this up exactly how you have. Because he started setting up the kitchen, like, in terms of what drawer is going to have this. And I was like, you're just – actually, it's so (laughs) stupid. Specifically the drawers, the way the drawers were laid out. I was like, you're just recreating your drawers from your other apartment. Although, really, why is – I don't know why, to me, that was, like, this nefarious thing. No, because this divide happens where it's like, wait, wait, it's all your shit. I need some of my shit, too. Like, it's our place. And it's like, but we have four whisks and we don't use any of them. (laughs) But yeah, but I was like, maybe I want to weigh in on, you know, I feel like this might not be the proper use of space in this drawer. Although the truth is, speaking of disorganized, crazy bachelorette, like I am that person, I think Mm -hmm. not in a cute way, but I'm just disorganized. Whereas he actually had some sort of system in his kitchen. So I should have. I think that a lot of the stuff that I was like holding on to at the beginning was just because of I was afraid of merging. Oh yeah, more I sound like a bad Sex in the City episode <laughs> more no. than actually my way being better or anything like that. No, that's exactly what it is. It's just like you said, it's about merging and kind of swallowing your pride and just saying, okay, cool. I'll go with what you're doing because you're like, wait, no, I had my system in place. Even if it was a messy system, it's your system. Even today, I don't want him to hear this. So, okay, we have the the double sink that has the garbage disposal on one side and the whatever on the other side. Right. And my thing has always been, and this will drive you nuts if you're a clean sink person. My thing has been when you put the dishes, in fact, Gary, you are, you're kind of like a clean, a clean ish person, right? Yeah. Because your mom has forced you right to be. On. Yeah. I would like to know your thoughts. Kaylin, you can chime By in By the too. way, fuck both of you for having washers and dryers in your place. <gasps> oh, it's so, so nice. Just, no, I know. I was just talking to Kaylin about it back here because we live together. And we were talking oh. about like another place that had a washer and dryer. The place we were going to move into if we didn't find this one. And Damn I it. was telling him like how great that is. And he was like, I don't know, man. I was like, you've never lived in a place with a washer and dryer, have you? And he's like, no. It spoils you. can't go you. back. No, you Especially can't. Especially if you have dogs, though, because my dogs will just, like, barf on the bed out of nowhere. And you don't want to run out again at, you know, one right. in the morning and wash your bed stuff. Now, who cares? Just right. throw it in the washer yes. and go back to sleep. It's awesome. I'm jealous. You I mean, but congratulations. Be. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you to have that Thank soon you. in your life. Thank You're you welcome. Okay, so the double sink... Garbage disposal on one side, sinkness on the other side. Right. Now, in our place, when you have a dirty dish, 
that you're putting in the sink before it goes into the dishwasher. Uh-huh. My whole thing is put it on the not garbage disposal side to leave the garbage disposal available in case you need to pour something down it or whatever so that you don't ha- get – like if you pile a bunch of dishes in the garbage disposal side. It's then, blocked. Right. And then all of a sudden you have like coffee p- – bubbling back. It just gets all nasty. And if you put dishes in there, like the forks and everything slide down in yes. there and then you turn it on and they get stuck. Right. And it's... Yeah. No, I totally agree with okay. you. That's, oh, good. Okay. That's right. You you rinse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You because... rinse on the you rinse on the garbage disposal side and then it goes over to the other side. Right. Okay. Because. Oh, I see. Yeah. I agree good with idea. You. you rinse it on that side so everything right. goes so down into the garbage disposal. So if any chunks or whatever comes down, yeah, you can use right. your garbage disposal. And then once it's rinsed and you're too lazy to bend down to the dishwasher, then you well, put it on the Well, it's because the side. dishwasher is filled with clean dishes no, no, at no, that no. point. No, 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 I was, I was <laughs> But, I mean, okay. I, that's, that's in theory how I used to do it. I now live with a 22-year-old, so both sides of my sink are completely full with dirty dishes at all times. So oh, well, I just eat off paper trust plates. Trust me, it doesn't change. Even if they're 40, it's the same. Well, because I go insane when the garbage disposal side is occluded with dishes. That was, like, my one thing is, like, please put them on the other side, put them on the other side. Because Daniel initially wanted to put them on the garbage disposal side but then today i was looking in the sink and there was like a piece of an almond or something in the non-garbage disposal side and i had this <gasps> awakening of wait a minute maybe that's why he always put them in the garbage disposal side so that if there's any food chunks they can wash right down but i get what you're saying it's got to be a two-step process rinse yes. on the garbage disposal side place on the other side See, this is something i'm big on is like rinse your dish whether you're putting it on any side or in the the washer, it doesn't – I don't care. Just rinse the fucking dish out first. And my boyfriend, unfortunately, bless his little heart, does not <laughs> do that. Like he just throws like his cereal bowl in there with cereal still in it. And I'm like, oh, that – for me, that means maggots like in a short amount of time. All I think is like you're bringing maggots yeah. and bugs in here like – Get rid of the food as soon as possible, dude. And I'm very big on rinsing it out and throwing it directly in the dishwasher. Well, see, I have the fear of bugs because in New York, I had a mouse problem. <gasps> it was awful. <sighs> awful, awful. Yeah, so my whole thing is like, I will, I've mentioned this before. This was an original Just Me or Everyone. If I had a dirty dish that I wasn't ready to wash because I thought I don't, I've, there's an array of lazy reasons why you wouldn't need to wash one, and I was heading out. I would just put it in my refrigerator. So I'm like, it's not going to attract any insects in my refrigerator. That's actually a great idea. Not a bad idea, right? Until someone looks in and they're like, you have a ton of dirty dirty dishes in your refrigerator. It's a great place to put it. That is simultaneously an amazing idea that I will probably steal and the rantings of an insane person. That's right. That's me. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think it's ingenious. No, you're you're walking the right side of this line, I think. What it means is a lot of cold, dirty dishes. Because when you pull them out, they're very cold. But... Now, I was thinking about this just recently because now that, like, there's often dog food, kibble or treats or whatever on the ground or, like, treat dust or something. And I'm not even worried about it because we don't really have a bug problem out here. But my question for you, someone who's afraid of attracting insects and vermin, how do you deal with that given your dogs? You know what? I actually don't think about that with the dog food. But now I'm going to go home and freak (laughs) the fuck out because there's dog food everywhere and there's treats everywhere and there's, like treat residue everywhere yeah. and lots of dog stuff happening at all times so thank you I'll sorry be, i'll be not sorry for that no but you know what i have to say 
about the maggot thing. Uh, my old apartment, not the last one I lived in, but the one before that, I had a fucking maggot problem in there, dude. Ugh. Like something really creepy happened at that apartment. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, there was this weird latch, like thing above the bathtub slash shower in the bathroom okay and that little thing you could open up and it was for the plumbing in the apartment above me Mm -hmm. okay fine never cared about it took showers all the time great so one morning i go into my shower and i open the shower curtain and i see like something at the bottom and at first i I feel creeped out already oh you have no idea at first i think (laughs) it's uh hair conditioning or something i'm like what is that conditioner like what is it soap i don't understand then i see it moving Uh. and i'm like what the fuck and then i see something fall from the ceiling and like hit the ground i'm like what the fuck was that and i look closer and it was my bathtub i'm not exaggerating was full of maggots it was like an actual horror movie (laughs) <laughs> a bathtub full of maggots. Oh, my God. And so I look up and I see this little, like, door is not cracked open, but, you know, there's like a little space where it closes and these maggots are just dripping out of it. Oh, my God. And it was a nightmare and I had to call and I was living at a really shitty place that had a slumlord and it took them days to come out. They supposedly cleaned it up and then I had more maggots coming out and then... How could you not move right away? Oh, I was staying at a friend's house through this entire thing and at that point I started looking for a new apartment right away and got into a different place but I still had to finish up the mess in this other apartment. What part of town was this in? This was in... It was like La Brea and Melrose. So really not... Not that crazy of an area. Who lives there? Why are you? I live really close to that. (laughs) Oh no! You'll be fine though. I'm. I'm really, really close to that. But my second apartment wasn't very far from there, and it was awesome. I didn't have this problem. This was just a nasty ass (laughs) place, dude. I really wish somebody, the listeners, could see the hand that she gave you. Like, oh no, you'll be fine. Yeah, you're good. Don't worry about it. It was this place. It was on Formosa. Just don't fucking live on Formosa. I don't. Okay, I don't even know where Formosa is. It's which says that I have a really bad sense of direction since I do live close to there. But no, I do know where Formosa is. I I know where Formosa Cafe is. Yes, it's right behind there. It was right behind there. Oh, you probably got the Formosa Cafe maggots. That's probably what I got. And the maggots from that Target, because there's a lot of weird people that hang out around there. But uh, That's awful. Then the maggots started turning into flies after a while. Oh, yeah, because maggots are larvae, right? They're a larval form of something. Yes, and they turn into big, giant flies that will walk and try to fight you and scare you and their buzz is really loud these were not regular flies these were like flies on steroids they were huge and they would like come at you crazy jeez it was very bad so um so i moved out of there within a few days literally and uh there were so many weird things i found out about that place once i was moving out like what well because I was complaining about these maggots, I found out that there was a bad rat infestation. All of my neighbors, because I went around and talked to my neighbors about it, and they were like, yeah, I have rats, and we have really bad rats. Oh. So, okay, fine. So they started complaining, and then... I was convinced that there aren't those kind of problems out here. Oh, no. There's, yeah. Probably not in your place, but... God, I hope not. In a lot of other places. So, uh... We complained, and then, surprise, surprise, the management company was like, hey, we're doing a big, giant cleanup on this day, so move all of your shit out from the front. If you have a bike or anything, get it out of the way because we're doing a big cleanup because the health department was coming. Mm -hmm. 
So they did this big cleanup, and this is actually as I was moving things out. So they had, like, these guys under my apartment because there was a crawl space under there. Was this a big building, a small building? Small building, little bungalows. Okay. Uh, Very small, like, eight units or something like that, ten units. Um, And these guys were, like, hauling giant bags of stuff out from under my apartment in the crawl space. And I asked him, like, what what are you guys hauling out from under there? And they told me that all of the sewage— from all these apartments was draining under my apartment and that there was like 10 years of other people's like bodily shit shit literally and pee and whatever else they put in their toilet did it smell it never smelled that's weird what was weird is that um uh, one of the apartments down from me smelled like crap literally Mm -hmm. like it smelled like sewage but i never had a problem with the smell but um then they were pulling out dead cats from underneath oh my apartment. My God. They said that cats were going under there and getting stuck. So there were This a is few. so horrendous. And mind you, these cats were not that they were pulling out were not like, oh, bones. It was like mummified cats like you see on hoarders. Like they were hoarding poop under my apartment with cats stuck in it and rats. <laughs> oh! It was so gnarly. And so that ruined me for a really long time. Yeah. Especially looking for a new place. Like God, now. why? I don't know. <laughs> I know. It should have oh. just made me into a better person, but it didn't. It did not work. Uh, so this now. This is not the way I imagined this interview going. No, I didn't. I'm I had sorry. No, idea. no, no, no. Don't apologize. It's, it's very good, but I'm just. Wow. It's real. I know. Damn. I'm just. I'm bringing some reality. Thanks. You're welcome. So when looking for an apartment, don't ever buy one that has any weird little door to another small area that you're not sure of. I feel like I just saw a horror movie. Yeah, Gary's shaking it off. <laughs> you have no idea after living through that. I, but now I dream about it all the time. Really? Because you're traumatized. I'm really traumatized by it. It's really bad. I dream about weird stuff happening in my apartment like that or in my new place like that all the time. Very, very frightening. I'm sorry. So there were maggots living in this little latch above you the whole time, right? I didn't know. What it was was I, I, I'm guessing since there was such a bad rat infestation that there were probably dead rats up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Well, see, okay. So the minute you mentioned these big flies, yes. it made me flash back to something my mother told me, which I've thought – I've wondered in recent years, is that true? Is that – like, is that just – I'll tell you what it is. What she said is whenever you see big ass flies like that, that means there are rats. It means like there's rats in the attic or something. Because I think that because they live out in the suburbs, but it's like there's actually some like big hills behind their house and stuff. So sometimes in the house, they'll get these gigantic flies. And then she calls the exterminator because it means that there's like a dead rat in the attic or something like that. So I always associate big Big, scary, big, disgusting flies with rats. Yeah. Is there an association? It sounds like it. I'm not sure, but I'm going to say yes, because also these maggots that were coming through. I've seen maggots in rotted food and things like that before, and they're very small. Mm -hmm. These maggots were, I'm not kidding you, the size of my pinky, like the... So like, did they look like worms? They were like fat. These maggots were so well fed. They were like... Pumped up, like juiced up maggots, (laughs) giant maggots on steroids. I've never seen maggots this big. They were not long like worms, but very fat. And like I said, they were like moving and crawling around. 
This is, see, this is why I have this dish issue of like dishes right. must be clean because I'm terrified of creating maggots in, in the sink. I'm going to have to go home and clean I'm everything sorry. now. No, it's fine. It's good. It's I a just good, ruined your life. No, it's a good wake up reminder. Well, so now when, so when you've been apartment shopping since, how do you deal with that? Well, like I said, I check the roof. I make sure that there's no leaks or anything that looks funny. I make sure there's no way to go up into there. Like there's no attic or anything creepy. I look at the floorboards and make sure there's nothing that can get through those. Like there's very specific things I look for um, that just make me feel safe in the place. And are the people who are watching you look for this like what's wrong? Like, why are you <laughs> why checking are you be- this? Yeah, why are you being No, because all- usually I'll talk about it. I'm like, oh. hey, I'm really crazy over rats and maggots. And I know maggots sound crazy, but I don't want roaches and all these other things. And so too bad, you know? Yeah. If they have a problem with it, too fucking bad. Because I'm the one that's going to be paying for it. So I noticed on your Instagram, you posted a photo of moving boxes with self-help books in them. Oh, I love self-help. I do, too. Oh, you do? Yes. But what got you into reading all this stuff? Well, I go through phases. But what got you into reading self-help? Because usually what gets someone into that is feeling like they need it. Well, I need lots of help, including self-help and lots of other things. Uh, I just love self-help. I love therapy. I love anything that is going towards being a better version of yourself. But what got me started on self-help was a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And someone had recommended it to me, and it's very new-agey and hippity-dippity, which I like. And I read that book, and it just got me stuck on fixing myself and looking at the world in a different way and all of these things that I felt like um, were helping me with my anxiety or were making sense as to why I had anxiety as well. And so I read that. And then I went through a relationship where I figured out somehow, I don't know how I had figured this out about myself, but that I was codependent. So then I read Codependent No More Mm -hmm. by Melanie Beattie. Is that who did it? Melanie Beattie? Um, And it changed my life. And I just, I'm really into self-help. Anything with self-help is awesome. What do you think made you codependent? Or do you have ideas about what, what started that? You know what? I think it was just being young and... In love and and being in a city where I didn't know anybody else and have really anything else. And that really was my support system. And, you know, I it was just it turned into something very unhealthy. And that's all right. I feel like I was very codependent for a long time until I read that book, Um, which is fine because now I I know not to be. Mm -hmm. So just reading that book allowed you to kind of be like, oh, I've got to be different and then you could do it. Well, It was me realizing I was codependent and reading about it and reading people's stories and, like, trying to find out how to get over this relationship that I had just gotten out of and I was really hurting from. And I realized— Did you break up the relationship? uh, I did. I've pretty much ended almost all of the relationships I've been in and not for any reason other than getting hurt by them doing something, whether it was being cheated on or lied to or for some reason— Uh, but I've never broken up with someone for, I don't know, just because or uh, because I was cheating or something like that. It's always been like, OK, this was done to me. It's not right. And I can't stay because of this. Right. And I've gotten out of it. But um, it was always way after I've been hurt a few times and things were just 
a little overboard. And uh, that book helped me out. It didn't change me, but it definitely gave me ways to cope and to deal and how to recognize these patterns and just, excuse me, I'm getting a little too excited here, um, to try to break these patterns. When you were cheated on, did that happen more than once? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And did you know it? I knew it in my heart because I think as women we have intuition. Intuition. Well, but then, or but then you, if you're me, then you go, or am I just paranoid? Yes. Well, I do that now. Now I'm like, wait, I'm oh, just right. being paranoid. But when I was younger, I didn't think I was paranoid, and I thought like, no, I'm fucking right, and I would, you know, get very crazy and jealous. And it turns out you were right, and I was right. Most of the time, in fact. But I also think, you know, if you're looking for that, you're creating that and you're putting that energy out there and it's going to happen eventually mm-hmm. if that's kind of what you're looking for. And I was always looking for that. So you think you were looking for it before it happened as opposed to you started being a in one for of my it... relationships for sure, because oh, I was so, so this used to it than... happening. Yeah. It happened so much in one relationship that my relationship after that, I was constantly looking for it because I was like, I know what you're doing. Like, I'm smarter than you and I'm hip to your game. And I think I might How have, attractive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to be with me? Uh, and so I might have pushed that person there or might have, like I said, just opened that door mm-hmm. because that's what you do when you're when you're infatuated with something. It happens. And I was infatuated with catching someone lying or cheating on me as weird as that is no it doesn't sound weird it sounds like was it because like this will not happen again yes i will i will catch it before it happens exactly and like don't play me out take control yeah like i'm i you can't do that to me like i will catch you type of thing yeah whereas i don't know maybe it's with age now i'm like really i don't even have the time to catch you (laughs) like i don't even care enough like, right. Just tell me. I think you let go of may, maybe I'm just taking a stab. It's a little bit of letting go of the ego as you get older, because I think when you're younger, it's like that you shall not do that to me. Yeah. Like me, not me. Right. And then when you get older, it's just sort of like we're all human. Yeah. But please don't break my heart or fuck this up. Yeah. Like you're really going to crush me if you do this, but it's all right. Just tell me. But that also, also what I'm hearing is you not being codependent anymore. Yeah. Because no. that's kind of, because I have that, because I, I, I was totally codependent and I think still am in, in, at, I have that tendency in me, but I don't think I am really in my marriage. So it's like, I know that. I would be devastated if something happened, but it's not. But I I know that I would survive. Exactly. Like, I'm going to be okay. Eventually, but you know it's going to be a drag to go through and it would totally suck, but you know you'll survive. Right. Whereas when I was younger, this is going to sound so crazy, but I was just thinking about how weird this was. When I was, when I was younger in my, like, drinking and partying and going out days, it was like, no, you have to come home with me or I have to go home with you because I can't be alone. I feel like I'm going to die. Like yes. it was this like this crazed intensity. I mean, 
when I think about how much that energy would push someone away, it's crazy that I wasn't always pushing people away right off the bat. But I really, it was like, no, I can't go home and be by myself. I yes. don't like who I am right now. Please save me from myself. You, ha- it was like crazy, so yes. different than anything I do now. No, that that was the realization that I had that freaked me out. Was when I was like, okay, I'm codependent, and I realized what is. What's the base of this all, though? Like, what is the main thing that's causing my codependency even? Mm. And it was, I'm terrified to be alone. Like, I'm so scared to be alone. And I also really like to challenge myself for some reason. So I was like, all right, let's see how long I can be alone for and single. And I took, uh, or I was celibate for a year and was like, let me just focus on me. I've always been in these relationships. Like, Mm -hmm. I was a serial relationship girl as well it was like one long relationship after another after another after another and I was like wow I've never been alone like I'm a young 20 something year old woman in Los Angeles and I have no idea what it's like to be out there by myself did you move here with someone no I came out here alone and so when I came out here I met someone right away and that started my just constant one after the next yeah, yeah always in a relationship and then uh, when I was alone, amazing things happened, and it was really, really awesome. And it was really hard for me to let go of that, though, too, to get into another relationship. I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to put that part of me that I've worked so yes. hard on aside for a while. Like to give up that thing of I'm the only one affecting my emotions right now. I don't want to yeah. give someone else the power to bum me out like that. Because it feels really good. When you spent all your life never having that when you finally get it yeah yeah I totally I also had a I was also very hesitant to give that Uh, so how did you meet your boyfriend we were actually set up oh it's so Hollywood but we have the same manager and lawyer (laughs) my manager and lawyer actually married oddly enough and so uh they set us up on a blind date and he's a writer um, and he's really cool. And we just clicked like right away. I was like, and you're mine forever. But he's a little older than me. And um, which works because it's very hard for me to date dudes my age in Los Angeles. It's very hard. How old are you? I'm 29, mm-hmm. which is really hard for me as well. To, to be 29? Yeah. Like I'm going to be 30 in a few months and it's scary. No shit. It's, are you 30 or you're going to be, oh, see, so you get it. And not that 30 is a bad age. No, but it's, I'm, I'm not a 30 year old. Yeah. Especially for a woman. It's supposed to be like, you're like, come in like, I'm 30 and I'm badass, everybody. And like, I don't care. My anxiety's gone, but I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like, no, 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 no. I need like two or three more years before I'm 30. Like I'm not mentally 30 Mm -hmm. yet. So we'll see. 30 sounds so young to me now because I'm a million years old. How but old I, are you? I'm 39. You are not a million years old. Kind of. No. I'm staring down the barrel of 40. Although I'm still on this. Wait a minute. Is today? <gasps> Today's my half birthday. <gasps> wait, today, November 11th, as we record yes. this? Today's 11-11. Today is my half birthday. I was going to say I'm still on, and it's ridiculous that I'm parsing it out because I'm still on this side of... I'm officially 39 and a half, so I really am staring down the barrel of 40. So when's your birthday? April? May. May. May 11th. Oh. Yeah. That's my cousin's birthday. Oh, well, it's a special birthday. It is. Beautiful Um, girls born on May 11th. Thank you. 
Um, I know what you mean, though. I, I remember waking up at 35 and feeling like I am too old to care this much about what other people think. Like this feeling that I should. My whole thing has always been like, I don't really care about getting older. It's just I want to have achieved something by that age. I don't want to just exactly. get older, but stay in one spot. And then eventually, I imagine you just get to the point where you're afraid to get older because that means you're going to you're die. Gonna die. <laughs> right. Yeah. But while we're still all young ish. Um, yeah, just that feeling. It's that that taking stock of where you are. So I totally and I think that any milestone birthday brings all that up, makes you yeah. take inventory. So I totally get that. And as a girl. It's there's yeah. a lot of pressure there, too, because you're like, wait, babies and like all of your friends have kids. Yeah. And I mean, all of my friends have kids right now or are pregnant. And it's really scary because I'm not ready for that yet. And I don't know if I can even make a baby. Like, <laughs> I don't know if my body can do that yet because I've never tried. So, like, I don't know. Do I freeze my eggs or I that's really expensive. Like, I. It's fucking, I don't even know what to, yeah, I can't even get the words out because it's so, it's, it blows my mind. Like, it's freaking me out. Yeah. Well, I, my husband and I are currently trying to get pregnant and going to a fertility clinic and all this. Oh, really? And I'm totally in the world of, of being like, I had no idea it could be this hard. I spent so much of my life just trying not to get pregnant. Yes. And in retrospect... I don't know that I ever even could have gotten pregnant that whole time. Maybe whatever's keeping me from getting pregnant now was at play that whole time. Why didn't I take advantage of it? <laughs> See, that's that's how I'm feeling. Like, again, I don't know if I can make a baby. Is that something I need to find out about now to address? Or like, well, the sense do I, I do get it now? is that the for they can get anyone pregnant. <laughs> like, that's what my gynecologist said to me years ago. She's like, not. Well, I, yeah, no, I guess it was years ago. She's like, because I was beginning to worry about it. Um, but I remember she's like, you want to start getting on the ball like around 38, which is, I think I was probably okay. 30. I was a little younger than that at the time. But meaning, you know, obviously don't wait forever, but you can just go and give someone money and I'll get you pregnant. Basically. That seems to be the case. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what it, it is nowadays. And that's the good thing is because you're like, well... My time is limited, but not too limited. Right. Like, I have other options. But I'm such a stress case that I'm like, wait, what if when I'm 38, like, I'm broke? God only knows what's going to happen in life. You never know. And I can't afford to go to a clinic, a fertility Are, clinic. Do you for sure want kids? I do. I for sure want kids. I'm just terrified of it. Mm. Like, it's very scary. You obviously for sure want kids. I do. And I've known, I've always known that I've wanted kids. But for the longest time, I felt like I just, I don't feel ready yet. I, my biological clock is not ticking in the way that I've heard from other, that it does for other people. I don't, really more than anything, what pushed me into it was this feeling that if I want to do it, I need to start doing it soon because I'm just getting too old. But now... But, that, I mean, that was some time ago that I felt that way. I felt like, what's wrong with me? Because it was always about my career. I want to get that, to get that. I want my career to be at a certain point before I do exactly. any of this other stuff. Now I really do look forward to getting pregnant, God willing, and having a kid. Um, I am frustrated by this whole experience. How long have you guys been trying for Since now? January. Okay. But so. I had so, – but um, – so I have endometriosis and I had to have surgery to remove some cysts a couple years ago. And then since we've been – we've been trying since January. I think we first went 
What they say is if you're over 35, try for six months. And if you can't get pregnant, then go to a re- reproductive endocrinologist. Okay. So that was in my head. Um, so we we try, we began trying in January, not like actively, actively trying, but just not trying to prevent not getting pregnant. Not being safe about it. Right. Because we got married in March. And I think I thought, well, with January, if I get pregnant, then I obviously won't be showing yet, you know. It was so naive to think that that could happen that fast because it definitely did not. Uh, and then I think maybe around July, no, June, April, May. I can't remember anymore what month it was. It was a little bit less. It was a little fewer than six months that we went to the to the to find a doctor because I just I think I just had this sense that like let's just do this. Um, and then I had to have surgery to remove some polyps from my uterus, which I just and then because of scheduling. Um, that got pushed back a couple months, but our doctor said that's fine. I didn't really want to wait. I was like, no, we got to do this now, 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 you know. Um, but he was like, it's a f- I wouldn't say wait years, but a few months is not going to make a difference. So everything got got right. delayed a few months. So now that happened in September, and so now we are in the trying to get pregnant naturally phase. But if that doesn't happen in a few months, then they'll recommend just going straight to IVF. Right. But now there's like some question of whether I'm ovulating, although the doctor now said she thinks I am, but it's like on a different day than I thought. I don't know. Basically, my basically this week, I feel like I've been there almost every day. And if I'm not having an ultrasound, I'm having blood drawn, which I'm getting oh, no. better at because I hate having blood drawn. But I'm actually it's happening so frequently that I'm getting better at it. Um, but my I think my frustration now is just I feel like. If I wasn't if I wasn't bringing these things up to them, they wouldn't be calling me to say, "Come in, let us make sure we know when you're ovulating." Like I feel like I have to be driving all of it, but maybe that's just how it is in, with doctors these days. Anyway, it's very frustrating. But for someone who's like a little bit has control issues and overthinks and can be paranoid. It's just doing a number on my head because I feel like this feeling that I can't, I can't trust anyone is like being confirmed. Not that I can't trust, but that I have to make sure everything's happening the way it's supposed to. Oh, of course. You have to do that, though, yes. in every part of life yeah. nowadays yeah. because nothing – everything's ran by a machine now. Right. And so it's all fucked up. And if you're not doing everything yourself, it's not going to get done right. But IVF can be – a really long process. I have two friends that got pregnant through IVF, and one of them took, I think, like about a year and a half before she got pregnant, and the other one took like three or four years. Like, it's been a really long, painful process. Oh, my word. For her. And <laughs> I know that both of them uh, would constantly complain about literally feeling like lab rats because they were constantly. Yeah like poking themselves and everybody was taking blood and poking them and shooting them full of hormones and all of these things. And it can be a lot. It can be a lot for a woman. The hormones I haven't had to do yet, but if I do, I'm not looking forward to that because I'm someone who I hated the birth control pill. Oh, I can't do birth control. And I feel like this is just going to be that times a thousand. Yeah, no. Birth control makes me really stabby and just ready to murder. Like, yeah, I can't, it made me really. It. it made me really emotional, and then it also made me. But the time that I really was like, I cannot do this, is because I just felt numb on it. It actually numbed me out. Oh, I'm like almost it's, like an antidepressant. Yeah, where you're just I like, guess. Mm-hmm. Except that I was like numb with some depression. Okay, I think that's what my issue always was with birth control was that it made me really depressed and emotional and just yeah. psycho. 
and 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 for awful. me it made me bloated and fat too see that was the other thing is the weight gain is so and they bad. tell you oh no there's no weight gain it's bullshit that's total bullshit thank you or they say stupid stuff like it's just water weight and it's three yeah. pounds and it's like no 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 it's 10 pounds and it's you being fucking starving yes. all of the time that's the other thing it's like the weight gain is there and you're going to gain that extra three to 10 pounds no matter what. But on top of that, it's making you're you really extra hungry. hungry. Right. So you're hungry all the time. It sucks, dude. Yeah. Birth control sucks. And like you said, you might not even need it. Right. And you never Although knew. I would, any young people listening, I would not recommend taking yeah. that chance. Just don't do it. No. Just wrap it up. Exactly. Keep it safe. Exactly. There's something I want to tell you about that uh, I think is awesome. Tell me. Your, does your boyfriend eat meat? Yes, he does. He likes okay. meat a lot. Do you guys cook? I cook the shit out of everything, yeah. Are you familiar with sous vide? No. Okay, so there's this product, Sancerre, which is a home sous vide machine. Sous vide is this way of cooking things where I think sous vide actually technically means under vacuum, but what you do is you put, you can do it with vegetables, but more often it's usually done with meat. You put it in like a Ziploc bag or a special silicone bag. They make special bags, but you can just use like a freezer bag. Um, And then you put it in water that's kept at the same temperature. You can choose the temperature, but it's a lower temperature than you'd normally like cook something in on the stove. And then you slow cook it in this water bath. And what it does is it comes out super tender and flavorful and delicious and wow. it's super easy and I knew of sous, I knew of this sous vide method for years because I used to work at Time Out in New York and molecular gastronomy are you familiar with that like school of cooking no it's um I have no fucking it's clue. like where science meets food prep and cooking so it's it was there's some rest there's certain chefs What's that are in called again? molecular gast- gastronomy see it sounds like space cooking it kind of is food. it's like using liquid nitrogen to cook things oh, wow. it's like making things look one way but taste another way you uh, see it on cooking shows sometimes okay. but anyway i think that sous vide is popular with molecular gastronomy mists, which is not the right way to refer to them. But these chefs who were like super into the scientific way to cook stuff, when I used to work at Time Out in New York, the food editor, I think, was into sous vide or was talking about sous vide. And at that point, it wasn't really practical for people to be doing it at home. But there were these restaurants that did it. So anyway, but point is, I've I've known about sous vide for a long time and always heard of it as this really cool way to cook things. But now there's this company, Sancerre, that sells this device so that you can do it in your home. And I have one, and I've been sous eating up a storm. I'm not even joking. Like, and because is it's it so, just meat, or you can cook anything in you it? You can cook eggs that way. You can Ooh. cook vegetables that way. It's really cool. What it is is you just need, like, a big pot, and then there's the Sancerre device, which go, you fill it with water, um, and they tell you how much water to put in, like it's up to a certain line. And then you put the device in, you pl- you plug the device in, and you set the temperature on the device. And oh, then, so that the device is what heats it. Yes, okay, what okay. keeps the water at this exact temperature. And then you put the food in, or you can you can change the order of this. You set a timer. So, like for eggs, let's say they'll say to do it for forty five minutes at one hundred and sixty degrees Fahrenheit. I think. Do not. If you get the Sancerre, they give you all the, the temperatures. Or for chicken, it's like, you know, an hour and a half at this. Or for beef, it's this. 
Um, for tough cuts of beef, actually, the crazy thing is they'll say to to cook it for like 72 hours. Wow. Um, I haven't cooked anything for that long. But the cool thing about it is that you just set it, put the food in, you can walk away and you don't you can't the food can't overcook because it's always at the exact same temperature. So you don't even have to be watching it while you do it. That's been what I've done. Like I've gotten home from work and because it's fun and I'm experimenting now, I'll like plop some things in there and then I'll go in the other room and watch TV or I'll play with my dog. And I do have I have the pot set up on my stove just because of the proximity to the plug, but you don't even have to have it on the stove or anything because it's just you just have to be near an outlet. Does it taste different? Yeah, it is much. So the meat that I've done is juicier and silkier, and the eggs actually are a little bit silkier too. It does. It's really it. None of the like juices. Um, if you cook something in a pan, the juices will run out, but right. this keeps it all in there. So it's it's really tender and really good and easy and fun. And this is kind of the first time that a sous vide device. Is avail is affordable and available that you can do it in your home, and with the Sancerre, you can even cook your whole Thanksgiving meal using one Sancerre. How cool is that? I think I, turkey done this way would be so good because the chicken one. is super super duper good. Um, so if you were going to do turkey in it, you need a giant bowl for no, the turkey. No, you don't or, actually. What you what you would do is you would cut the turkey, the raw turkey, uh, into pieces, so you and put it in the bag. Like, the whole turkey. I get it. Right. I see. It would. Damn. Although I wonder if there's a way that you could have the whole turkey. If you like, you did it. They would probably not recommend doing it in a bathtub or something. I wonder if there's a way that you could do it in a big, huge bowl. There's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be. But it if would you... probably take like two weeks to cook it. <laughs> but there's got to be a way. There's true. But if you wanted to do it the easier way, you would just cut, cut it, it into up. pieces, put them in the bags, Makes and then put it in sense. in the pot. Um, yeah, so for you guys, my lucky listeners, the Sancerre, and that's S-A-N-S-I-R-E, S-A-N-S-A-I-R-E, uh, costs only $179. It's regularly $199, but they're giving you guys, my listeners, a special $20 off promotion. So to get this special deal, go to www.sancerre, S-A-N-S-A-I-R-E.com. Again, that's S-A-N-S-A-I-R-E.com. And use my promo code Allison at checkout. And I spoke with one of the guys who runs Sancerre, and he is a big fan of this show, which makes me love him even more. Hey, Sancerre. Shout out to the guy from Sancerre. That's right. That's right. Lucas. Uh, and he was hey, and not even like a faux fan who's like, oh, I like your show. No, like he had opinions about butter sandwiches, showering, all the important things that we talk about. So anyway, yeah, if you guys do go ahead and get the Sancerre, tell me about it. I'm telling you, it's been like the most fun thing I've done since I've had it, has been like, oh, I can just, I'm just going to cook something and then I'm going to walk out of the room. I kind of love not having to monitor it. I kind of do that when I defrost stuff. Like when I defrost things, I run it under the sink. It's like that. The only difference being when you come back, it's totally cooked. cooked. It's not just defrosted. It's cooked. Exactly. Exactly. Let's do Just Mirror Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something All right. Just Dawn says, Just mirror everyone. It's difficult to castigate those who bring up unpleasant stories or things without drawing attention to the same subjects. 
I'm confused by that one. I think he's saying that it is... Okay, like let's say the news does a story about a kid who shoots up a high school. Right. It's difficult to get upset with them without drawing attention to the story. Yes. I agree. I I agree agree with that. Yes. Brock Saucerman says, just mirror everyone, is Brock Saucerman... That is a comedy bang bang reference, I believe. Okay, just mirror everyone. I have to give every egg I crack a few test taps before the final one that cracks the shell. No, I don't. I don't. I do don't that. do that. In fact, I get frustrated when I have to tap it a few times. I'm like, come on, break, come on, break, and don't give me a bunch of pieces that yes. you're going to fall in with. Yes. So no, that's just you, Brock. No, it's not. I do that. Do you do? It? Maybe yeah, it's a because, guy thing. Because I feel like I always, if I don't do it that way, I like fucking. Like a big doof, Destroy I hit it. it too hard, and then I get the chunks. You're not ready for it. So it's yeah. a warm-up tap. Yeah, it's like it's... just to make sure I don't do it too hard. I get it. Now it makes me wonder if I do do Cause that. Because I'm like amping up like my right. pressure every time I hit it so that ultimately, hopefully, it won't shatter, and then I have fucking pieces of shell to get out of there. It's a pain in the ass. See, I know for a fact I don't do that because I cook a lot of eggs. And I don't think I do. Issue. I feel like I would know if I did. White or brown eggs? Brown all the way. Cage-free brown eggs. Why? You're into white. Um, You can tell from the expression I'm yeah, making, well, right? Yeah, because my, my boyfriend only likes white eggs as well. I don't really have a preference. I do tend to buy the white ones. I don't know why, though. I think I think I have it in my head that, like, oh, brown, that just appeals to people visually. They're no different. I don't know that that's true. But they I, do look better. I'm going to – there probably isn't any difference. I go for brown because – I feel like it's more natural. Right. As stupid as it sounds, I just feel like, oh, I've seen brown eggs around chickens before. So I think it just has to do with what color the chicken is. Does it? I think so. Probably. I don't know much about chickens or eggs. Maybe I should be patronizing the brown chickens more. Yeah, I don't know if you're right, but I feel like I've heard that. Really? About the color of the chicken. So white chickens lay white eggs. I believe, yes. I think that that sounds like something. What? I have a question, though. What if a brown chicken gets a white chicken pregnant? Then what color is that egg? It always has to be about color with you. <laughs> it does. I think the egg would still be the same color. The question is what color would the chicken be? Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. So no matter what color the chicken is, it's going to lay that color egg. I think so. Even if it's... Okay, I see. I think. What I, color that, eggs do you have? I don't eat, eat eggs. I don't uh, often enough. But, uh, white is what my I had in my household when I, you know, when growing I lived up. somewhere where I had eggs. Right. See, we always had white eggs growing up, but I feel you're, like you're your own woman now. I'm my own woman. This is making me want to go buy brown eggs. You know what? You try brown eggs. I'll try some okay. white eggs, and we'll just Perfect. we'll meet up about that. Re- Roberto Monaco says, "When I sneeze, have to cover my mouth, not my nose." Hashtag that's a weird cough. Just, uh... I cover the whole thing. I just cover my face. <laughs> Me too. I just go. Oh, yeah. I cover like up to around my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I cover as much as possible. Do you ever have this? You're home alone. You don't cover and you splatter your. <laughs> it's so disgusting. No, it is. <laughs> your computer. All the time. Sure. I've done it on my phone. Computer. Yeah, totally. I, uh, if you ever. This is. This, <laughs> this has to be very specific because the you have to be driving in the right direction. But. Have you ever been in your car when, like, the sun's going down and coming right at you and you sneeze and can't cover your mouth and you just see it go all over your fucking windshield and all yeah. over your shit? It kind of happened to me today. It's, like, slow motion, like a music video almost like where it's, like, bullet time, sh- like, and you're, ugh. like, oh. Uh, yeah. 
and I, I always immediately think like I need a car wash, and then I immediately think no one's getting to all of that. Yeah. No one at the car wash place cares enough to get to all that. I need to do that. Yeah. And then I don't. Do you ever use dry shampoo? Oh, hell yeah. I love dry shampoo. Do you use the dry shampoo for dark hair or do you just use the regular one? Because I – okay. When you're driving in the car, that's when you see everything in a, in a light yes. that you don't want to. That's for when example, you see how bad your makeup is. That's when you're like, oh, I need tweezers in my car because there's things that need to be tweezed. Natural light shows all imperfections. And what I saw a couple days ago was like little white powdery dots in my hair from the dry shampoo. I've been trying to buy the one for dark hair, but I can't find it. Okay, well, number one, check Amazon because they have it for way cheaper on there. And I used to use the brown uh, dry shampoo. I used it for a while, but it was like make – it would make my – my scalp Scalp? spotty oh and then when i would spray outside of here there would be like just like the white powder it would get on like my forehead and stuff and it kind of smeared around so it i just stick with the white now like and you and you find that it doesn't leave like a doesn't leave no it It looks dusty it makes my hair look a little dusty but it's better than like having weird black stuff smeared across my forehead okay all right, I'll stick with this then, and I just won't look at my hair in the car. We have real struggles. <laughs> Seriously. It's a hard life. <laughs> Maggie Miles says, just me or everyone, when using a public restroom, you tear off the first slice of yep. first piece. Slice. <laughs> Someone's eating toilet paper. First piece of toilet paper and discard it before wiping. I don't always do that. But if I'm in a public restroom and I can see, like, a grip mark on the toilet, like... I don't know how that happens. I guess someone grabs it and then rips it off underneath. Then I have to throw that out. I, yeah. can't, I can't have your grubby handprint on me. See, my grandma, I specifically remember her in a public restroom with me saying, always tear off the first piece and never use it. And I've always done that. Like, I have to tear it off and not use that piece. Because that has the other person's germs and possible. Like, you know, when oh, you right. flush, lots yeah. of stuff goes in the air and... Smart little germs that, but you, do, know. you don't do that at home, do you? No, not at home. Just public. Yeah. What about you, Gary? I honestly don't find myself using a toilet in public often enough. Yeah, because you know the answer. You're a guy, so it's like different. that's that probably happens once every half decade when there's like an emergency. Wow. Yeah. Kaylin. Um. Usually, like the the first piece will tear, and that's why I'll throw it away. But if it's clean pull, then no. You're not stressing it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you, this, I just had a memory. My brothers would do the thing where they would like fold it, fold the toilet paper into their hand as opposed to bunching it. When you're getting ready to use toilet paper, fold or bunch? I do a bunch. I bunch too. I think women typically bunch. Do you guys like, if you're using toilet paper, do you make a nice little fold? I'm not, no. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, no. You just bunch. Okay. Just fold it. Fold you it fold? Over. You're yeah. a folder? Yeah. See, I have another thing, though, that I do where, like, if the if the toilet paper roll is out and not in the thing, then I wrap around the whole hand. Like, oh, yeah. As if I have a broken hand. Right. Because then it's just, you have... I do that to get it off of it, but then I pull my hand out to uh, apply. I've, yes, I've done that before as well. 
This is the true spirit of this segment. I love it. Anthony McChristian says, hate when the Thursday gang teases stories of the bank tellers one week and stiff us the next. Well, that's that thing that, that I mentioned a while ago. That never happened. Yeah. I, what are these Sorry, people this talking is, about? Okay, please. Stevie, just this me- this relates this. to something that happened on the Thursday yeah, show. I was going to say, just what is stories everyone. of the bank tellers? Okay. There, I want – well, somebody – okay. There are enough amazing Allison Rosen and your best friend fans. Somebody please clip this for me and send me a link to the audio. If if you guys can spark yeah. our memory, we will try to talk about this. There was we some, teased a story, but we don't remember what it was. We teased a story about – I think it had something to do with me and bank tellers and like hitting on <laughs> women or some shit. Something but like, like that. None of that's ever happened to me. Interesting. Yeah, you guys – There was a bank teller I used to think was cute at the branch near my house. Is that the story? Maybe that's the story. Uh, maybe that's the story. I don't know. She always gave me a lollipop. What do you oh, think? that might be the that's story. That's the story. That I, might there be, you go. There you go, Anthony. You just got the story. I don't. I really don't know what the story. I don't remember this. Was this down in Orange County? No. Or, this was. Uh, this was like a year ago. Yeah. Wow. I probably had this reaction the time that you mentioned it, which is you go into the bank. Yeah, we've gone over this. For some right. reason, I yes to pay my rent. I go in once a month. Wait, why don't you, why can't you just write a check? I don't have a checkbook. Oh, oh, cashier's check. Yeah. Well, the good thing with the cashier's check though is that that money is instantly that's gone. Why then, because I, I hate waiting for a check to clear. I can't. That's why I won't. Yeah. It gives me bad anxiety. Like it yeah. doesn't matter how much money is in the bank. It doesn't matter. I just worry. Like, what if something crazy happens and yeah. the check doesn't clear? Exactly. I just I like the money being gone from my account the second that it's gone. And I used to use bill pay, but with my new apartment complex, we have to send multiple checks in the same envelope. So it's just easier to do a cashier's check. How much of a pain in in the butt is it to not have a checkbook for you? I guess the I've chance I've never is... had a checkbook in my entire life. Really? It's not a pain in the butt. Wow. So you just use cash for everything or credit? Uh, I use cash for very little debit or credit. Right. But I mean, I had a debit card when I was 13 or something. I've just, that's how I grew up. Yeah, I had a debit card from Young as well, but yeah. I have a checkbook. But I have the, I've I had have, the same checkbook for like yeah, there's one that exists. I hardly ever write checks anymore either. There's one that exists. I've just never written a check. And right. I don't really know or care where it is. They're not really relevant anymore. Yeah. You just know? for rent usually. That's literally all I write it for. Or if I get a weird bill that like you mm-hmm. can't pay online. Right. And they're living in 1997. That that infuriates me. Or it's therapists, so though. Stupid. How do you pay therapists? Oh, well, this is interesting because I see a hypnotherapist and uh, she doesn't take insurance or anything like that. Like, this is literally someone I got hooked up with through someone else that's very exclusive. And so it's – you can give her a personal check, but I try to bring cash. I'm very big on cash. I like cash. I like being able to count it out. I like having a number, knowing what is out. How much cash do you try to keep on you at a given time? Well, today, like before I came here, I stopped at uh, Bank of America and pulled out 200 bucks just to have cash. So you guys know how much money I have on me in Mm -hmm. case you want to rob me. But Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. That's No, because this is kind of a just mirror everyone. I try to keep two or 300 bucks on me at all times. And everyone, everyone I know thinks I'm insane. No, I feel like it's very important to have cash, especially with valet parking, exactly. uh, just weird little things that you have to pay for in L.A. that you don't ever think about. Tips. Uh, it's funny because 
I remember when having no cash on you was like a big was a oh I I feel uncomfortable I need to get some cash because I have no money whereas now I can go days of having like two dollars in my thing yeah I mean it's I, just so rare that I find myself absolutely needing it we'll I just see. said that I have eleven dollars on me right now but it's, and it's like not stressing me out but it's yeah. like next time I go to the bank I'll take out a large amount as a result exactly and that's what I do I take out a large amount and then just let it like yeah. dwindle down yeah. and when I have you know, $5 left. I'm like, all right, time to stop by the bank. But I like having a few dollars just for random things. Yeah, like I had 30 bucks this morning and I was t- totally okay with that. And then I had to spend 20 of it and I was like, all right, well, next time an ATM's on the right side of the street. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. Plus for certain things, like if you're working and they go out to get you lunch, it's easier to say, here's my exactly. lunch right. instead of like, here's my card and everybody figure this out and blah, blah, and Cash is just easier. So wait, you see a hypnotherapist? Oh, I was going to suggest this to you. Yes. Because I know what you're going through and you are in the process of grieving. And I actually started going to her because I lost my dog and it was a very awful, violent situation. And I literally could not close my eyes without seeing this happen. And it was a, a nightmare. And for a few months, I was very depressed and just in a really dark place. And I started seeing this hypnotherapist and she changed my life. Like, you are the second person to recommend a hypnotherapist to help with the grief. I'm totally open to this. Yeah, you have to be. For hypnotherapy, if you're not, it's not going to work. Like, you have to believe I think in the past I would have been a skeptic, but at this point it's like, anything that will take the pain away, yes, please. I am open to trying it. You know what it is? It's really just somebody... Or refocusing. Exactly. Going in and just moving the furniture around. That's all that it is. And I'll tell you one really cool experience. I know we got to get back to this, but I... One of the times I went to see her, it was after... Um, She had helped me get over my dog, and I'm still not over it. I'll never Mm -hmm. be over it, but she taught me how to kind of forget. Just for the, okay, for the listener who's like, but wait, what happened? Your dog got hit by a car how many years ago? Uh, This is probably four or five years ago now. Um, Unfortunately, my dog, at the time I had a Yorkie, his name was Pi. Some people out there probably know about him and probably think he's still around because actually when it happened, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell like my followers Mm -hmm. or it was so hard for me that I just I almost felt ashamed in a weird way. Like it was just very hard. But yes, he was hit by a car on a very busy street. He had jumped out of my car and ran into the street and he was about a year and a half half, old, like Oliver. And um, it really messed me up like it. It really destroyed me, and it took me months and months and months to even find the strength to go and talk to somebody about it because it was so devastating. It, it was devastating. I mean, it took something as silly as it might sound to people that aren't animal lovers or don't understand this, but it really changed something in me forever. Yes, that's like forever. Daniel and I, that was my husband, we're just talking about this. Like, we feel like a piece of us died with Oliver. And it did. Yeah. Like, we're different people now. But that's okay because mm-hmm. that's life and that's what happens. It's right. just about finding the, the tools to cope with it and what works for you guys. And it, it's true, a piece of you is gone. Like I said, a part of me died. And. That's okay because he took that piece of me with him. That's what he deserved. 
Like right. he deserved to take that part of me. Um, and he could have took even more or taken yeah. even more, to be honest. Uh, I'm surprised more of me didn't go. But it, yeah, it it ruined me. And I started seeing a hypnotherapist and she was very, very good at what she does. And once I started going and seeing her, cons- consi- I can't even talk consistently, something really crazy happened one time. Um, because when you're hypnotized, for me, the first few times I went back into my childhood, like I relived very happy moments of my childhood. Like I literally relived them. I could smell the smells. I could feel the feelings like I could feel the the warmth of the sun on me. It was a very real experience. And then you come out of it and you're like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. But one time she put me under and I went into a control room with her. And I swear I'm convinced it was my brain, the control room in my <laughs> brain. And I was in there with her and there were all these buttons and dials. And she said, all right, we're going to move this giant dial. We had a giant dial in front of us. And she was like, we're going to move this to the next phase of your life. You've only gone through one phase. Are you ready to move it? On the count of three, I'm going to help you turn this. And I was like, yeah, let's move it. And so on the count of three, we did it. And we took this dial and turned it to the next (laughs) phase of my life. And that's when Stevie TV happened and all these amazing things. And so uh, I very much believe in hypnotherapy and it helped me with the loss of my dog and a lot of other things that um, had happened in my life. And, and I just think it's awesome, but you have to be open to it. If I'm you're totally not open to it. And there have been times where I've gone and, and it didn't work just mm-hmm. because I was in such a weird place that it, I couldn't uh, like get there right. mentally. When you're under, are you like, I am sitting here in a room being hypnotized. Like how aware no. are you? Um, a few times I've done that where I'm like, okay, I'm laying here, I'm laying here and I'm counting and I'm laying here and then she's done. And I'm like, wait, I don't know if I went under or not. But then there's other times where, like I said, you're gone. Like, I relived moments in my life where I thought I was living my life. Mm -hmm. And then to wake up, you're like, whoa, I was fully there. I don't know what you said to me. I don't know what just happened. I don't know if I was out for hours or days, but I was somewhere else. Yeah. Well, yeah, my my friend who recommended it was also dealing with a grief situation and said that it's like the one thing that has actually allowed her to release some of the pain like it made a huge difference so that's why it's been sticking in my head that maybe I should consider it oh and I also went through a very bad breakup that I went to her for and she put me under when I came back out she said go home find a photo of him and cut it in half and burn it and just do that so I went home and I got a photo of him and I didn't recognize him like I knew who he was but I didn't I wasn't attracted to him. It was like a different, I was just seeing him with different eyes. And so it definitely does something where it just breaks up these patterns, these right. thought patterns that you create. And I think it just kind of goes in there and, and you know, tweaks them a little bit. So you're not falling into these same patterns with these same emotions and reliving these same awful events over and over every day. Right. The, the weirdest thing happened to me just at, at regular therapy this last week Um so the therapist that my an old therapist that I'm now trying to see again, who I have not been able to get in there consistently, but I did have an appointment um, last week. I was saying to her that since Oliver died, time is all distorted. Like yes. Daniel and I went to San Diego um, in May, and Oliver died in August. And it's crazy to me that the time between San Diego and when he died is the same as the time between when he died and now, because I feel like. 
no time has passed since he died. Like every day I'm living it as if it just happened. And when I said time was has gotten distorted, she's like, you know, she nodded like, oh, yes. And then what she said is that that's a hallmark of trauma, that it it like distorts or that what she said was the memories are existing as state memories right now. And I had to go look that up afterwards. But that the trauma is preventing them from like moving in, getting filed in your brain as the past. Right. So you're experiencing things on top of it. You're putting that on top of everything else. Yeah. Like in a state memory is, I looked it up and what it said is the idea that when you're in the same state as the memory was created and you can call it up better. So like, and I think they they did studies with rats where, like, they gave them a drug and then had them learn a maze or something. Right. And when they were, you know, when they weren't on that drug, they couldn't figure it out. But when they gave it to them, they remembered how to do it. But I think basically the idea being I am still in the same traumatized state that I was, like, right when this happened. Of course. But – and then she said that – she recommends EMDR. I don't know if you've ever done that. It's eye movement – desensitization no. something it's it's sort of on the it's similar to, to hypnosis i've done it before um a long time ago and then i did it again a few months ago and i want to do it, it helpful but i've never found it to be as helpful as they say what they say is it's really good for trauma like it can help you process trauma super fast i have not uh, i'm kind of like i'm not convinced yet that it is the right the like as magical as they say because i just haven't experienced it helping me as much although i still want to like I st- i'll still do it um but what she said is that like the the memories you know emdr can help the memory shift to i don't know the hippocampus or something and then you experience it like when you think of it it's it's still sad and it'll still be a tragedy but you will experience it as the past right and i'm like yes please because i i'm tired of experiencing it as this is like I can't believe it's November and this happened in August because it feels like it happened last week. But here's – this is what I started. Here's kind of the crazy miraculous thing is that since she said that, like almost just by saying that, somehow magically it is beginning to feel a little more like the past. And I don't know how. I don't know why. But somehow just – it's like just having my attention drawn to it. It's be, Or maybe it's because the weather's changing and suddenly it doesn't feel like summer anymore. I don't know. But somehow – it's just beginning, thank God, to feel a little like a little more time has passed. It doesn't feel so fresh. Well, it's probably just recognizing that that's it. Yes. You know, like they say the first step to recovery is realizing you have a problem. So Right. Just recognizing that what was happening. Yeah. Exactly. So but I think, you know, don't be too hard on yourself, though, either about how long this is going to bother you for or, right. you know, if you're still hurting over it because – Again, everyone has a different process, and don't beat yourself up about it. Just don't. Give yourself the time that you need, and it's okay. Like, you deserve it. You had a real relationship with this animal, and you have to go home to that same place that you shared with him every day and not have him be there. That's really, really hard to get used to. When that energy leaves your life, even if you get another dog, it's it's a very specific energy that you were connected with. Yeah. yeah, and for it to not be there and for you to, you know, connect with it again, it's something very hard to detach yourself from. Totally. And that's all right. That's okay, but 
have you like started looking for him in little places as far as just little I know again people are gonna be like that's so stupid and if like that's not real and if you look for signs you'll find them but I firmly believe that he is still around you and that he will leave little things for you to see and to know that his energy is still with you as crazy as it might sound he loved moths. He would get so excited when he would see a moth. Oh, my gosh. That's so it cute. It was super. It was so cute. He would, like, and it was crazy how Daniel would see it. I mean, Daniel would just say to him, he would see something in Oliver, and he'd say, where is it? And then Oliver would, like, wag his tail and get excited and, like, try to find the moth. And he would, he'd never made any noise, but he would, like, whine a tiny bit when he saw one. Like, he thought his job was to hunt moths. Right. And he would get up on his back legs oh and his paws. Oh, my gosh. That's it was, so cute. Oh, it was so cute. It was, like, crazy cute. But since he died, when I see a moth now, I actually get happy. And I was thinking, what a weird, oh, tiny— I goosebumps. <laughs> like, what a it's weird— make me cry. Sorry. Like, no, it's but so what a weird tiny little like consciousness shift that is that instead of thinking, oh gross, a moth, like I used to think, now when I see a moth, I, I feel happy. But so that's, that's kind exactly of that thing. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Are just those little signs. Like to me, sure, moths exist in the world and they're gonna be there no matter what. But to me, it's just Oliver saying, like, hey. I'm still around here. And I know with my dog, when he passed away, that's what I looked for. And I would find weird little things all over the place once I started paying attention to it. And it made me feel better. It just did. Like you said, a moth will make you feel happy. Yeah. And I think just keep your eye out for little things like that because it is helpful in your recovery, you know, because that's essentially what you are doing is recovering from, from this trauma. And it just sucks, man. I just, uh, (laughs) my heart breaks for you you. and your husband. I know it's so stupid and cheesy for me to say it, but I just. No, it makes me feel better to talk to someone who's also been through it. No, I can't. Ugh. Like I said, I wish, I wish I had the words or a pill to take it all (laughs) away or something because I just know it's, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to make you feel better, you know, and. Just celebrate his life and the time that you got with him because you deserved him. And no matter how bad you're hurting, be happy that you're hurting and you're not a fucking sociopath that doesn't have emotions because (laughs) that's how people act now. If you are emotional about anything at all, people just go in on you for it, especially if you are tied to the comedy world in any way. You are not allowed to have emotions for some reason. And I think it's bullshit and it's mean and you're a human being when it comes down to it and a loving human being with a big heart. And so the fact that you had something special with this dog is amazing. And you should celebrate that time with him because no one deserved him the way that you deserved him, you know, and thank you. I try to be grateful, but I think that's just going to be a process. I try, you know, and I am, I'm so thankful for the time I had with him, but then like the anger comes in. It's hard to not have it come in because you're like, why? Why did I have to love so hard then too? Like, I remember getting mad at myself for just loving. Like, why did I have to love an animal so hard when you know their time is limited anyway? Right. Even in the best of circumstances, you're going to outlive them. Exactly. No matter what, it was bound to happen. It just happened sooner than you wanted it to or sooner than it should have. But it's just a process that you have to go through and let yourself go through it, you know? And 
So you have two dogs now. Did you get them after him or did you have them all at the same time? No, I got them after him and I got two because of that incident. I'm totally, because I mean, I only have one right now. And as far as, and Daniel definitely does not want to have more than one dog. He thinks that would be like way too much. But I'm definitely on that like, I'm going to drown my sadness in multiple dogs. That's how I feel because I felt like when Pi died, it was all of a sudden it was empty. Like I felt empty. My life felt empty. Even though I was with somebody and we shared this life, I felt empty. And I was like, I just, I want 5 million dogs so that even (laughs) if one passes, I will be sad, but at least I will still have the energy of these other dogs. It's just that energy that makes you feel good and that love and for you to give that love as well. And so I was like, no, 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 I need a few dogs. But I actually had something really awful happen. Um, Pi had died and I got a new Yorkie right away and about three or four weeks after that, that one had passed away from a heart attack. Oh my God. That is the nightmare. It was. Oh my God. I didn't think I was going to survive it. To be honest, I felt like. Like, uh, I imagine you probably felt cursed. I was just going to say as crazy as this sounds, I thought someone like was doing voodoo on me or something. I didn't understand it. And I ended up finding out the building I was living in at the time had some really weird things going on there. Like they were shooting porn in the basement and my neighbor was bringing home hookers every night. And it was just a really weird energy there. And Mm -hmm. I tell this day, I just feel like it contributed in some way. Like that innocence is not going to survive. Yes, I've totally read, I've totally interpreted this to have to do with innocence and vulnerability and protection and all the, it, it's, I think when you have something as innocent and pure as a dog, especially a puppy, it's hard not to read into like what that means about this world. You are too innocent and too cute for this exactly, world. Exactly, because this yeah. world is a dark, dirty right. place. And that's, that's how you feel. That's how I felt at that building. And even with that dog, you know, having a bad heart and not knowing at the time and all these things, because... I had an autopsy done on it, obviously, because I just... You have to know, yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand what happened. He just died in the middle of the night. But it destroyed me again. It was just like, I felt like there's something after me and I don't understand what it is. But at the same time, I felt like, fuck that. I need dogs. And so uh, I got the two dogs that I have now right after that. Are Are you glad you have two? Ugh. They're the best. Like, they drive me crazy because I'm outnumbered sometimes, <laughs> but they're awesome. Like, they are awesome, and I would definitely say talk your husband into it. Get a second one because Wendy will love to have a little brother or right. sister or just a little homie to hang out with. And I think um, it's just better. It's just nice to have that energy. It feels good. And getting two at the same time, we obviously – it's we miss – the boat for doing that but how was that was that well, weird see or i hard? got one oh. and then like a week later i got the second one because uh i can't remember what it was i want to say it was like i want to say it was valentine's day so the second one was a valentine's day gift to me um because my boyfriend at the time knew i wanted a second one mm-hmm. but um so he came along as like a little valentine's day gift but i didn't get them at the same time okay but, she staggered it a tiny bit. Yeah, and they're not related. They're both Yorkies, mm-hmm. but they're from different mothers and fathers. Uh, but I love having two. In fact, I want 
more than two, right? I want more than two now, <laughs> especially now we have room. But I know it's getting a little ridiculous to have three. So, do you? What do you do when you travel? I bring them to my mom's house. My mom has dogs. We grew up with dogs, so mm-hmm. that's why I just love dogs and animals in general. We always had animals, so uh, I leave them at my mom's house, and they're very happy there. And she has a lot of room in a big backyard, so and they play with her dogs. I had a dream that I had in the dream. I think I had like eight puppies. I had, this dream was like, I don't know, halfway in between when Oliver died and now. But it, it was the, f- I haven't had that many dreams except I have had some had some nightmares. But it, not as many dreams about all of it as you'd think. Like it took a while for it to start working its way into my dreams. But Ugh, the dreams are the worst though. But the dream of having eight puppies, I was like, that was, I didn't even want to wake up. Oh, that's it was the a best dream. dream. Yeah, it was, because that's when I was like, oh, this is what I need. Yeah, that's a great Shit dream. loads of puppies. But till this day, I dream about pie and just having a similar incident happen. I mean, really? it haunts yeah. me. It haunts me. But. That's trauma. It's trauma and it sucks. I mean, I feel like it'll be with me for the rest of my life. But that's okay, because that's life. Right. As long as you can still function, I think. That's been my thing of just. Because I think I was, and I've mentioned this before, almost afraid to let go of the pain, afraid to accept it because I don't think it's okay. What I have so much anger and so much, I feel like there's so much injustice. But I'm just so like fundamentally not okay with what happened that it's like if I'm afraid that if I heal and I'm okay, then it's as if I'm saying it's okay that it happened. Yes. And I'm I don't ever want to say this is okay. I, I but but it's like also am I gonna go to my grave being destroyed by this? For what? How does that help anyone either? So I think that's kind of been what I've been thinking about this week is how, you know, I don't if I can let go of some of the pain, that's good. Yes. It doesn't mean that I'm okay. It just means that I'm not being destroyed by it exactly what good does that do anyone well i had also dealt with the feeling of if i feel better i don't want my dog to think that i was over it yeah i know what you mean (laughs) as weird as as it might sound i felt like it's not fair for me to be over it yet like i want him to know how much i loved him and what he meant to me like i have to grieve it Mm -hmm. like this because otherwise I'll feel guilty about it. Even getting the new dogs, I felt awful, awful about it because I didn't want. You don't want it. You don't want it to be like they're replaceable, which they so aren't, though. That's the thing. It's like I have a puppy and I'm grieving. Exactly. It doesn't help the process. Mm -mm. It gives you a new energy to focus focus on, but it doesn't help the process and it doesn't replace the dog. Mm -mm. It doesn't. And I'm sure it's the same with any animal, with the cat, with the mouse. Right. I mean, anything. Each thing has its own personality, and that's why they're so special and why we learn to love them so much because they really do have their little personalities, like you said, with him and the moth yeah. or moths. You know Wendy probably isn't going to be No, in fact, crazy about she's moths. been around moths, uh, and she doesn't, and she doesn't react. And I'm always like, come on. <laughs> like, I, like, I want her to do the same thing almost, you know, and she doesn't. She does her own little things. <sighs> All right. Well, speaking of insects, Natasha, ja- not that Natasha Jacobson is one, her JMO is about one. Natasha Jacobson says, when a bug flies into and drowns in my alcoholic beverage, I always think that at least it died happy. Nope. I never had that thought. Me like, either. Fuck you for screwing up my $12 drink. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Jay Mose and Bobo says, I've always wanted to eat at a restaurant that wraps leftovers in, in a tin, in a, in, oh, sorry, that wraps leftovers into a foil duck. Oh, well, you got to go to the right restaurants then. Yeah. Not that many of them do, but sometimes they will make you a foil swan. Sure. I now want to do that as well because I didn't know that they'll do that. They will. And then they try to give you a bag to put it in. Right. I you never allow to... that. Yeah. Don't I walk don't out with that, that thing loud and proud. But sometimes duck. also won't. With the foil duck, doesn't it have a foil handle as well? It can. Yeah, depending That's the on best the restaurant. Kind, yeah. How come I don't See, know I don't, about this? I don't like the handle, though, because it then it looks like a purse. I like to, I like to carry it out <laughs> like on, a a, on like a perch. And I, I look around like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got a foil bird. What? When your lady friend asks you to hold her purse, if she ever does, do you do the thing that most men do, which is you hold it away from your body to make it very clear that it's not your purse? Absolutely not. Do tampons scare you like they do with most men? No. Uh, clean, unused tampons. I'm sorry. Do you listen to the show? <laughs> we um, talk about this all the time. No. Oh, no, no, no. We no, talk about periods all the time. Same difference. No, they don't scare me. And if my girlfriend gives me her purse... I will – I'll go the other way. Like, I'll throw it all the way up on the shoulder. Oh, that's good. Like, good, which looks yeah. really funny because I'm tall and, yeah. But I know what you're talking about and I hate that of like, ugh, I'm holding a purse. Or no like one on thinks it's mine. Or on my arm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Brandon Kaneshiro says, just mirror everyone, worst feeling ever, the tingles of a sneeze whilst, holst- <laughs> whilst holding in a fart. Yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. I would say the tingles of a sneeze uh, when you're holding it in diarrhea would probably be worse. And speaking of what we were just talking about, there are certain times when you have your period where you're like, please don't let me (gasps) sneeze. Don't let me sneeze. Oh, I have to say that's the worst. Or a cough. Yeah. On your period. Any sort of (laughs) any any sort sort of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) And release of that pressure. Any sudden pressure like that is not a not a good thing. No. And finally, Kathy says, just mirror everyone, when I buy whipped cream for my dessert, I worry about my family taking turns spraying the can into their mouths. Uh, I would be the person you doing should. that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm going to be honest. Children. I don't even like whipped cream, so like you can just put your mouth all over it and put your wiener on it if you want. I don't care. Can I? Yeah. Because nice. I'm not using it. There you go. Wait, you I, don't you don't like whipped cream at all? Are you like Kaylin? No. You don't like sweets, or you just don't? Oh, like whipped cream? I love sweets. Oh. I just don't like whipped cream. Whip I don't cream's know. Overrated. Whipped cream is what just... what is it really doing? It, Being yeah. sweet, <laughs> but not sweet enough for how bad I assume it is for me. Well, okay, Ready Whip fat free whipped cream, which comes in the can, it has the blue top, is actually a whole can is two hundred calories, and that's aerosol. Yes, I get what you're saying. It's no, there's nothing natural about it. And no, how many no, no, calories no, that's, is a regular I, I, can? I prefer the aerosol. Like yes. the one that you scoop on. Oh, yeah. That's gross. That, that's, right. Yeah. I like the Ready Whip, the fat-free kind, because it's not as like – it's not as rich. Yeah. So it's like five calories for a tablespoon or for two tablespoons. How much something. is the regular? Is the regular can? I think can. it's fif- – the regular can, I want to say it's like maybe 400 or something per can. Oh, that's not that too bad. That still seems really low considering I feel like I would... How bad whipped cream is supposed to be, right? It's yeah. supposed to be awful. I could be wrong. You I have to know. look how many... I think the regular one is 15 calories per serving and I don't know how many servings are in a can. I think... I really think it might be like 200 versus 400. I'm looking. All right. Excellent. I'm not into whipped cream. In fact, just recently I was at a friend's house and he had some co-workers over and one of the co-workers made... Like homemade whipped cream with 
I don't even know what the other part of it was, like a pie crust or something. I don't know. But I felt very bad and like, hey, you made this at home, so I have to eat this right. whipped cream anyway. And I ate it, and it was just, it was, I don't know. The texture of it is weird to me. Yeah. The That's, texture I just can't get into. I can see that. It's a weird texture. We got those calories yet? Yes, but I'm afraid my computer's about to start ringing. Uh, so five calories a serving, 37 servings per container. Of And which one is that? That's fat-free. Wait, how many servings? 37. Five. And how many calories? Five. five. And then on the original, it's 15, some. and it's, 30, it's 37 and 15. I need my calculator. But there's more like fat and other stuff. Okay, so so the fat-free is 185 calories a can. Right. And then tell me again what the other one is. 15. 185, that's it? And the oh, other one's really 555 good. a can. Sorry. Five. The regular one is 555 a can. Oh, okay. I was pretty close that's with my calories. That's still not that much. No, it's not that much. Why does everybody act like it's so awful and high calorie then? Well, I think usually they're not talking about the fat-free one. Usually they're talking about like probably heavy whipping cream that's like whipped. Like the, the kind that's in the plastic thing well, maybe. Right. Well, that'd be Cool Whip. Look who, oh, knows. Look cool who knows what's whip. frightening amount about oh, dairy wait. toppings. Hold on a cool second. Cool Whip is actually not that locale. So there's a difference. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool Whip is cool not whip. dairy. I think it's like, I don't know what it is, it's like but it's not dairy. dairy yeah, for people it's that like can't soybean have. oil or so, some kind of oil, yeah. Whereas the I other ones are actually cream dairy-based. Oh, Milk see, or whatever, yes. There okay, so Cool Whip is probably, well, we that's, don't know. But yeah, that's not dairy. Thicker. And yeah, yeah, it is thicker. That's okay. kind of a different texture. Okay, got it. See, not into that. Didn't know mm-hmm. about this whole right. world. Yeah, I feel like Cool Whip for me, it's like there's too many calories for this not to be that good. Because for some reason, growing up, I don't know why, but growing up around Thanksgiving or any holiday, Cool Whip was always what we had to put on our pumpkin pie. That's what pie. my parents always had yeah. too. That's what turned me off from no, the get go. Get, like, get to the get to the can. Don't like the Cool Whip. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just not. It's just it's overrated. Not, yeah. 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 It's like a Miracle Whip as well versus mayonnaise. Right. I actually don't like either of those. I don't like them. I hate mayonnaise and uh, Miracle Whip. But growing up, I didn't mind mayonnaise for some reason. And my grandma would use Miracle Whip all the time. And it was so gross. I don't even think I know what Miracle Whip tastes like. It just I mean, I've probably had it before. But off the top of my head, I can't. I feel like it tastes sweeter than mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. How How many people do an episode of the Adam Crowley? Oh, hi. Your mic's on. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. Well, what do you think? Cool Whip? I mean, Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? What do you prefer? Neither. Really? Yeah. I mean, I... That's the right answer. Mayonnaise is fine as an ingredient in something, but I'm long past the days where I want it spread on to my sandwich. Do you... Have you had Miracle Whip before? Like, do you know the difference between the two? Yes. Which one do you prefer if you had to pick? Probably mayonnaise. Okay. Because am I remembering this properly? Uh, Miracle Whip is a little sweeter than mayonnaise, or no? Um, I feel like it's like a sweet mayonnaise. It's different. I don't know. It's different. Is it tangier? I don't, I don't, I don't know if tangy, I would. Tangy. Yeah, maybe tangy is the that, word. It, I don't think it's sweeter, but it's definitely distinctive and different. It's, 
it's akin to the difference between Orange Juice and Sunny D. Like they're mm. they're there. It's Sunny D is its own thing. I don't know how to compare it to Orange Juice. Sunny D makes you really thirsty after you drink it. Yeah. Does it really do you remember I think that? That's the only way they can get people to keep yeah. drinking Sunny yeah. D. Yeah. I wonder what's in it that makes it do that. I used to love Sunny D. That's weird. I haven't talked about it in a while. Well, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank Stevie you Ryan. so much for having me. Um, since you're my new best friend. Yes. And you're everybody's best friend. Can I be your best friend? Yes, please. Stevie Ryan is my new best friend. Thank you. you that. Um, if you guys are going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps dry shampoo, mayonnaise, oh. Miracle Whip, any of the things we've talked about, click through the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com. doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need that. You can get that by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with uh, Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Um, for Stevie Ryan, tell, throw out all the things you want to plug. Uh, you know what? Just I have nothing to plug because I just don't care about myself that much or anything I'm doing. But you can follow me on anything. It's just Stevie Ryan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. All right. It's so easy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. And Kaylin still doesn't have anything, right? Yeah, don't worry about me. All right. Aww. Thank you again. And thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.
This is Corolla Digital.